Hey guys, we're going to go ahead and jump right into this week's review. This review came in my Instagram DMs um, from Nikona Anderson. He says, hey, I don't have an iTunes, but I listen to your podcast on listennotes.com. There isn't a spot for reviews, so I figured I'd do it on here. I wanted to tell you thank you for the continued support you show the rodeo athletes and the sport. This podcast always has me wanting more. As a professional rodeo athlete myself, it is great to hear from other competitors on how they're doing and what works for them, as I'm always trying to improve upon myself, either mentally, physically, or emotionally. You do such a fantastic job, and I just wanted to thank you. And I hope that there is more in the future. I love to see the new ones posted and listen to them as soon as possible. Even if you are not into rodeo, it is so interesting to see what these athletes go through and it gives some insight into our world. Keep them coming because I'll darn sure be listening. Thank you so much, Nakona. I totally appreciate your reviews. You guys go ahead and go leave a review if you haven't done so already. There's plenty of platforms. You can send me one on Instagram or you could go onto our Facebook page and leave them on our Facebook page. Um, it just does me such a great favor and we get other people to listen, which is just as awesome. Also, after today's episode, screenshot the episode, tell me what you think um, and post it in your Instagram stories. I'd love to see them. All right, guys, I hope you are ready for today's episode. We have Gabby Jaffe with Rodeo Rex. Um, I reached out to her after uh, she had actually posted one of my photos on the Rodeo Rex page and we just got to talking and I thought it would be so cool to have someone with such a great social media following. Um, and she also just works in the rodeo industry, so she's got a lot of great insights. And we're going to talk a bit about personal branding, um, what people should look for in their athletes, um, things to do as a sponsored athlete, things to avoid. Um, so this is such a great episode. Stick around. We're going to hop right into it. She's got a heart of a fighter and she's falling for you. Head over heels for a broke down fool. Punch drunk, love struck in black and blue. She's got a heart of a fighter and she's falling for you. Got a heart of a fighter and she's falling for. Hey, it's Kenzie and you're listening to Endorsed, the podcast series where we meet various professional and rodeo industry guests who will talk us through topics like social media, personal branding, how to grab the attention of sponsors and so much more. So get ready for today's episode. Hey everyone, I am so excited because I have a very special guest today. We have Gabby Jaffe and she is the mastermind behind uh, Rodeo Rex. Um, I got connected with Gabby because um, she actually featured one of my photos uh, on the Rodeo Rex page the other day. And I was just like, so excited about it. I can't even tell you how excited I was. Um, and just to, to see that it made it and, um, and, and we got talking after that. So I'm going to go ahead and have Gabby introduce herself a little bit and tell you about what she does right now and, uh, how this all kind of got started. Hey, thanks for the intro. Um, so yeah, my name is Gabby, uh, Gabby Jaffe. 
I am the owner of Rodeo Rex, and uh, I'm also the content marketer for Flow Rodeo, uh, which is part of Flow Sports. And uh, I guess Rodeo Rex started, it's kind of a long story, but uh, <laughs> I'll fast forward through a little bit of it. Uh, I did not grow up in Rodeo. It is never something that I was exposed to. Uh, when I was growing up in high school, I went to uh, high school in Colorado Springs and my best friend at the time, she jumped horses and the barn that she had her horse at was right behind Norris Penrose Equestrian Center. And I don't know if you know anything about that place, but uh, that's where they hold the Pikes Peak or Bust Rodeo every year. And uh, right. that rodeo will always have a special place in my heart. And it was the first place I ever saw a bucking horse or a bull. And uh, we, there were all these turnout pens for the horses and they would take over all of those. And Harry Bull brought in his stock. And that was around the time that he was hauling Painted Valley. And I don't know if you remember that horse, but he was oh, the yeah. coolest, yeah, coolest looking horse, big old stud, um, huge. I mean, just big old jowls, the whole nine yards paint. And uh, he is honestly the sweetest horse in the pens you'll ever meet. <laughs> like we walked by there knew nothing about bucking horses walked by there and he was like sniffed our hand and we were like oh this is cool and then like later on he bucked him like i don't know they scored him like freaking i think the two georges scored him like a 43 so Jeez. Um, yeah that was pretty cool so that was the first time i ever got exposed to rodeo and at the time i had taken started taking pictures of my friends jumping their horses and uh i shot some rodeo stuff because really a bucking horse isn't that much different than a jumping horse really just looking for that one or two shots yeah and uh i always get really choked up when i talk about this part but i remember just the first time seeing like saddle bronc and uh it was poetry in motion i had never seen anything more beautiful or more wild or more raw and i was like what is this like i need <laughs> to be involved in this like this is it so um I just started kind of following rodeo and uh, got kind of really involved with the PBR. I started following that pretty hard. And then I went to the uh, Walter Cronkite School of Journalism, which is part of Arizona State. And yeah. uh, I had to do a story and get published in order to graduate. So I found a local bar bull riding, which is a ridiculous <laughs> thing they do in Arizona, but uh, it's kind of a big thing out there. And, um, I went out there and interviewed the contractor, the bullfighters, the bull riders, and took some pictures and I showed them to the contractor and he was like, these are great. How long have you been doing this? And I was like, I don't know, like this is my third time. <laughs> <laughs> so he invited me to come and take pictures on a more regular basis. And I just started going to different rodeos, local rodeos. And, uh, <laughs> had I known that this was completely against the rules, I probably wouldn't have done it, but I was sitting in the stand <laughs> taking pictures. And, um, right. it wasn't like, I wasn't selling them or anything. I just was taking them and putting them up on Instagram. And, uh, I had the cowboy lifestyle network reach out to me and they hired me as a photographer and a writer. And I got to shoot the PBR finals and go in the dirt in the shark cage and got to do a lot of really cool things. And then I had all the bar bull ridings kind of locked up. I was like the go-to photographer. And, uh, around that time I had all these pictures of people getting bucked off and stopped on and nobody ever wanted to buy them, but everybody liked to see them. And I was losing money hand over fish shooting bull ridings, which I should have known better. <laughs> but, uh, um, so yeah, one night, wait, one night I was just sitting up and just thinking, and I was like, man, like, how am I going to make this profitable? What am I going to do with this? And so I started it as bull riding wrecks and, um, 
I started it with all my own pictures and it was only bull riding and then uh, just started hashtagging it. And I really didn't know a whole lot about social media at the time. I knew what a hashtag was. And so I just kind of did that. And then right. I was going through some of my pictures and uh, just noticed I had some really cool bronc riding wrecks. And I was like, what if I called it rodeo wrecks? And um, it was just kind of like this aha moment. And I started, uh, you know, like I said, with all my own pictures and just kind of grew from there. And so then people started tagging me in their pictures. And I was like, huh, like, what if I reposted <laughs> their pictures? And uh, it was just like, I mean, I, I always knew it was going to be big because when I had the idea, like it literally felt like, I don't know if you've ever had this where you have like a convergence of, of where you just feel like, man, I stumbled upon something big. Um, yeah. I've never, I mean, I never thought it would bring me to where I am today. And, uh, it literally got me my job. I work as the content marketer for flow rodeo and they had hunted me based upon what I had done with rodeo Rex. So oh my gosh. <laughs> that is so cool. Like that literally sounds like a dream job too, for me. Um, like oh, I love is. that. It, yeah. And it's just something that I totally get you with this, you know, Rodeo Rex of being that like aha moment and where you kind of figure something out. And I feel like I'm kind of in the middle of one, but like just at the start of it. And I mean, it's terrifying at the same time as being super cool and you're really excited about it, but you're also kind of like, I don't know if this is going to work, but shoot, I'm trying it. And uh, I, I mean, I think like what you've done is awesome. I mean, I love seeing the rodeo Rex pictures too. And, and it's funny cause I shoot some rodeos just really more for my own personal entertainment um, and practice. I mean, I, I just started photography like only a few years ago and, and for me, I love the, I love the buck off photos and I have like some of my best photos are always ones that, you know, like nobody's going to really buy them because they got bucked off. But at the same time, like they're so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, I mean, photography has always been a big passion of mine. Uh, ever since I found it, I've been shooting pictures for, oh man, I started, <laughs> I'm going to date myself now. <laughs> uh, about 11 years I've been shooting pictures. And uh, oh I just keep getting better at it and I love it. And there's, I cannot go to a rodeo and not do social media or take pictures. Like it, nothing makes me more upset than that. Cause I'm always like, man, I could have gotten that shot. And I have like so many pictures that I've never even put out there, but if there's something magical about being able to capture a moment in time or like a Bronx strung out or like a guy just chopping on one and it's just uh, yeah. it's something special for sure. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think once people get into a little bit, they realize like how much it makes you happy. And, mm -hmm. and like, I mean, I, I'd do it for free if I could all the time, just because I love doing it. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I think those are the best jobs. But um, so, you know, you start how, how long ago was it that you started Rodeo Rex? I should know the exact uh, number, <laughs> but it's been about six years. It'll be, I think it's six years this year. Oh my gosh. And it's grown to be just huge. I know on Instagram and you're on Facebook as well. Uh -huh. um, but with that, like how much of your time does it take? Like, obviously you still have a full-time job, mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I know as it is like managing social media is work. So like how much of your time does this take? 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> so it's, I'm then just laughing because I'm the type of person that's constantly attached to their phone and not because for like vanity reasons, but because I'm always like, man, like what's going on, right? Uh, yeah. I probably spend close to two, three hours a day on Rodeo Rex specifically. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it's my job. So uh, I also, you know, do stuff for Flow Rodeo. And it's, it's social media never, never stops. Right. So like no. really the only time I'm not on my phone is when I'm at the gym or in the morning when I'm meditating or when I'm reading. Um, but I'm pretty well connected to my phone all the time. I have people sending me, so people who are listening don't know about Rodeo Rex. I find pictures uh, via hashtags or just other ways where people right. now, they just send me stuff from literally all over the world. Like I've gotten, Rex from Australia, Germany, Italy, um, Spain, Canada, Mexico, anywhere that there's rodeo, I've gotten rodeo Rex. So it's pretty cool. Um, it was actually crazy. I went to CFR, the Canadian finals rodeo with Flow rodeo. And, yeah. uh, I had a kid recognize me down the bucking chairs. So was like, Hey, you're the girl from rodeo Rex, right? I mean, <laughs> it just, it just blows my mind. You're getting to hang around at the American when I was there. Uh, doing social media for Flow Rodeo and just running around and being on the back of the bucket and shoots and having some of the athletes that I looked up that I look up to uh, yeah. literally recognize me and not only that want to work with me want to learn from the knowledge that I have so it's been crazy I mean I know it's going into more than what you asked <laughs> but I mean I spend a ton of time on it for sure no I love to hear stuff like that and and those are like I mean I would totally follow you around just because like it, it's such it's such a cool thing what you've done and um, with this brand. And I know that you're building a business out of it and, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because it, what really just started as somewhere for you to show off, you know, your own personal photos of rodeo Rex that you just wanted people to see has mm-hmm. turned into this thing that, you know, people from all of the, over the world yeah. recognize and, and a brand that people oh. know. And um, yeah. I think that's something that every, every business owner strives for. Um, it, and you've, you've got that, which is super cool. Yeah. I mean, I, when you put it like that, it's just kind of like, this weird juxtaposition of it just like who's she talking about that can't be me uh but uh and and it's always trips me out too when kids will see me places kids specifically will do this but uh kids will see me or even adults and they like want a picture with me or they want to like get a selfie with me and i'm like why yeah they're like well what you did this and this and i'm like it's not about me it's about the community it's about you guys right but like people now think that I'm some sort of celebrity. And if y'all knew how actually normal I am (laughs) or weird I am as my roommate can attest to. Uh, But uh, it's, uh, it's been a really crazy journey. That's for sure. Oh, but I bet so rewarding on that same end to see something that you were really passionate about to just turn into um, really even a a business out of it. so with that, I know for a little bit you were you had a team that you were building almost kind of like sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit more about that and why you did it or don't do it anymore. Or uh, t- tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously in rodeo, there's, there's sponsor athletes are a thing and it's not just in rodeo, it's in every vertical or I'm sorry, sport. <laughs> we call yeah. them verticals at work. Uh, <laughs> but using flow terms, but, um, 
you know, I, it was a way for me to get more brand awareness. Uh, not necessarily, I thought in my, the beginning that it would be a good way for me to sell merchandise and it wasn't, uh, I did referral links and codes and all of that. Uh, what I found is that number one, when I picked the team myself and I picked friends and stuff, like they were great, but also they didn't push the product. Like I really wanted them to. Um, right. so then I changed to doing a like application and people had to fill out this last round that I did. They had to fill out an application. It was a pretty thorough application and there were, there were guidelines and rules that they needed to follow and things, responsibilities that they had to uh, keep up with. Uh, unfortunately, most sponsorees do not keep up with it. And, uh, I also don't have the time to check up on them. So I'm not probably the, the greatest uh, example of a successful sponsorship uh, program. So I no longer do it, but uh, I'm also moving out of merchandise. Like I, I'm not really doing merchandise anymore. It's just not the value of my business. My business's value is the eyeballs that I've been able to grab and the community that I've been able to build. And so I'm working with specific companies to do sponsored promotions. That's where I see my, my business going. Uh, but as far as like sponsor stuff, like if you're going to get a sponsor and you're going to commit to them and they pick you, you need to be fully committed to that sponsor. Like don't just half, you know, half, for lack of a better term, half asset because yeah. that doesn't look good on your own personal brand. And it's going to make your sponsor like down the line. If somebody comes to them as a, re- a reference, they'll be like, Oh yeah. Like they weren't accountable. Or, oh yeah. They didn't really do anything. Um, so that's always something to really keep in mind. If you're going to commit, then commit with both feet. Yeah. And I think, I think that is so good to hear, especially from someone like, like you, who you tried doing the sponsorship thing, but you didn't really see a return out of it. And I think, um, you know, we talk a lot about in these podcasts, uh, working with sponsors that aren't necessarily normal um, sponsors of rodeo, you know, they're not cinch, they're not Wrangler, like, you know, finding yourself sponsors that maybe are more local and stuff. And you got to remember that there are people who like, like for me, I'm always checking in with my sponsored athletes, but I just kind of have the time to do that. And that was something that I really wanted to make sure I do because my, my whole goal is to help them become better sponsored athletes. (laughs) Um, and, uh, but there are, there are people like, they're not going to check in on you all the time and make sure you're doing the three posts a week that you were supposed to do or whatever you had kind of um, made terms with. And so you have to really keep yourself accountable on that. end, And um, so that more if they people, check. Yeah. So that if they check, you know, they're like, man, that person's doing such a good job and I might not have time to keep up with them, but thank God I picked them. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that just puts so much more value on you and you'll kind of spread around the industry and, um, and maybe, you know, that's something that you have to look at with your sponsors of instead of over committing to too many sponsors, you know, find just a few sponsors and be really, really good at your promotions. And, you know, if you're going to promise them social media posts and stuff like that, like start doing that now, like be good at doing that now. And I know a lot of people and they're like, yeah, when I have sponsors, I'll post for them. I'm like, no, you won't. If you're not posting now, you're not going to post that. And like, you have to make it a habit and and it is hard. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're, I think that's a great example of it is not all sponsors are going to have the time to do things 
um, to keep in check and check in with you. And so. Well, and, and it's, I'm a little bit of a different business model than most people admittedly. Um, I right. thought about bringing people in to help me to post when I don't have time, but, um, a lot of the value of what I do and a lot of the success that I've had is just my own like wittiness or my own, like the captions that I write, because I'm extremely sarcastic and cynical and <laughs> I can't duplicate that. Right. So oh, it's yeah. been tough for me to try to like, I can, and then the things that I look for in my posts are not necessarily something that I can like teach somebody else like hey this is a good one um right so it's it's a little bit tough but yeah i mean we really just came down to i didn't have time to hold people accountable and i was not able to uh uh be able to sorry one second give me a rex <laughs> sorry my dog if you all know uh my dog is my mascot his name is, his name is also rex uh but uh I just didn't have the time to keep up with it. And it just wasn't, it wasn't monetizing for me. So I think uh, if you're good, like I said, really the biggest thing to take away from what I just said is if you're going to get a sponsor, make sure you look at that sponsor as a partnership. It is not, right. um, you know, your, your skin is in it just as much as there is, theirs is. So if you treat it and grow it, then you're going to be able to get more money out of them next year. But if you don't, really pay attention. You're not doing the things that you're doing. They're going to drop you and they're going to drop you fast. And you see it all the time in any association, whether it's PRCA, PBR, whatever it is that you're running in. If your sponsor isn't happy, they will have no problem dropping you and telling you so. Right. And you have to think about it. There are so many other athletes out there um, that are, are wanting what you have, you know, if you have that sponsorship and, um, and so when you get one like that, you have to kind of baby it and think about that and say, oh my gosh, like they picked me out of others. And, and like when I first brought on sponsored athletes, I kind of have done the same thing with you. I started with people that I knew and, um, you know, and I had standards to it and whatnot as well. But um, when I go into my next round of taking in applicants at some point, I'm going to have to actually do a legitimate application. And that's just because I've had so many people reach out to me on sponsorships and I can't sponsor you all. Like I would absolutely love to, but I just can't. Um, so when we get into stuff like that, like you have to take it really seriously and say, you know, they picked me out of all these other people because they thought I'd be the best fit. And so I really need to show them and help them grow. I mean, the whole point of us sponsoring athletes are really so that we get the exposure for business um, and, and we get that extra advertising and marketing. And, and you don't want to be a just a sales pitch. Um, you want to authentically sell it. Um, and the best way to do that is to really believe in what you're selling. Right. Which I say all the time, but... Anyhow, moving on, I want to talk a little bit more too about how you've grown your social media or how you've just gotten to this point. I mean, how many followers is on there now? Like 240,000 or something, right? Like, uh, yeah, 242,000 on Instagram and, oh uh, about half that on Facebook. Yeah. That is just crazy to me. And I can't even mm -hmm. imagine the amount of like DMS in your inbox and, <laughs> and, and all sorts of things. So how have you, managed 
this growth? Because we talk about all the time on this podcast of growing your social media, but we haven't really told anybody what to do, what happens when it gets there. Uh, I mean, the biggest, the biggest thing in the entire world, the biggest piece of advice when people come to me and they ask, what's the secret? And I literally say, A, be creative, do something different and B, be consistent. As soon as you don't like, I have to maintain two to three killer posts a day. Uh, if I like, when I go somewhere and I'm working in an event, and I don't give Rodeo Rex enough attention. Like I only put up one post. I mean, my minimum is one a day. Non-negotiable. Have right. to get done. Uh, I shoot for two to three, sometimes four if there's something really good. But two to three seems to be the sweet spot. Um, but if I don't do that, my engagement level plummets, right? And it's not... like I, Plummets kind of a strong word. But my engagement level goes down. And right. so when athletes come to me, they're like, how can I grow my social media? Like you need to be putting stuff up every day, no matter what it is. Um, and, uh, you know, just doing your hashtag research, literally looking through and seeing what you can be seen on, whether it's big hashtags, small hashtags, mid range, a good mix of the three. Uh, and I think content, content is king, right? Anybody in marketing will tell you that if your content's not good, it doesn't matter what you're, what you're doing with it. If it's not something that people want to see, then you're not going to be successful. So I, I, I'm, I think my biggest key to success if I would have to hone it down is how picky I am with what I post. I'm very picky. Well, in your, what I love too about you is you tag people in it too, that in giving them, especially because, you know, you're a photographer and so you get this. And I think, um, I haven't ever really said it on this podcast and I think it needs to be said is, Tag your photographers too. I mean, they'll share mm-hmm. your stuff and and uh, and remember to give them that kind of credit and stuff. Number one, because first of all, they're giving you good content. Um, but second of all, I mean, they took that photo and and you want you want to make sure you credit that. But besides crediting like your photographers and stuff, like if you guys are out there looking for sponsorships, like you got to show people that you know how to use Instagram and you need to, or Facebook or whatever your platform is and, and tag people accordingly, you know, I mean, tag the rodeo association, most rodeos, most big rodeos that I know of have an Instagram, um, you know, or tag, even PRCA or Flow Rodeo or whoever that is, um, you know, tag these people in these posts because on occasion they get they get shared or or rodeo wrecks. If you got an awesome rodeo wreck picture, I mean, it could get shared. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, that and uh, it's super important to have your profile on public. I see yeah. all the time and athletes like all the time where they have their profile like private. If you want a private Instagram, then just go to Facebook. That's what your Facebook should be. Your Facebook, your personal Facebook page is basically your, your private stuff. Um, your Instagram needs to be forward facing. And in the industry, we're seeing the older rodeo crowd is on Facebook. The younger rodeo crowd is on Instagram and Twitter is dying. Um, so I focus my efforts on Instagram and Facebook. I mean, I put some stuff up on Twitter, but it's not active. Like, Oh man, I got a tweet today. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, that's the biggest pieces of advice I think I would, I would give. And uh, you're right about tagging the associations, tag, tag the photographers. I get stuff sent to me all the time. that's watermarked and I categorically will not put it up because that's stealing. And, right. 
I give everybody credit for everything. If I don't give somebody credit, it's because I honestly just forgot. And you're right. I have a ton of DMs. So I don't really always know where I get things from. Uh, but as soon as somebody tags themselves or tags the person in it, I always make sure to do so. Yeah, I love that. And well, and that's why I thought it was funny because I've been I've been slacking lately a little bit on on hashtagging things. I've been so busy that like my own personal Instagram accounts are like they're lacking guys. Like, I'm sorry. I just don't have any content right now. It's freaking spring and in this town and everything's ugly and Brown. And, and I'm like, so I've just kind of lacked on my own personal, like, uh, a content to post. But, um, but when you, when you tagged me in that photo, I was number one, I was stoked. I thought it was so cool, but I also was like, I wonder how she got that because I didn't hashtag it and I didn't send it to you. Um, so I thought it was really cool that somebody else did. And, um, but I'm really glad that you did tag me in it just because then I got to see it and, um, and it was shared with a bunch of other folks, but uh, yeah, I think it's so important that people remember to give those credits and guys, like if you really like a photo, I mean, that, I'm going to just put this out there for all the photographers out there. Like if you like somebody's photo, like buy it from them. If that's the mm-hmm. case, like don't just use it as your profile picture with the watermark. Cause you don't care. Like, I mean, get a good, decent photo out of it. Like it generally, they don't cost too much and it gives you some nice professional content for your feeds and take advantage of those people that are there. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I always joke that I backdoored uh, being a PRCA photographer because uh-huh. that was my dream is I wanted to really be a PRCA photographer. I really wanted to go and do it. And the process of becoming a photographer for the PRCA is very strict uh, uh-huh. as it should be, yeah. uh, to be honest. But um, it's also really hard to make a living doing rodeo photography. It's not easy. And uh, a lot of times people steal your work and you're just not making money with it. So I went the media route and I'm now considered like a media company, to be honest. And, uh, but yeah, for sure. I mean, if you like a picture, support your local photographers, because if you don't support them, they're not going to be able to take those pictures anymore. And we, we want that, right? Like you want that memento. You want that content as a sponsored athlete, the more pictures of yourself that you can get, the better. Right. Oh, I, I totally agree. And I, I have so much appreciation for all those photographers out there. And, um, you know, I follow so many of them cause I just love what they do. And, um, but, um, moving on from our little side note there on photographers, <laughs> I'm the queen of side notes. So I apologize. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> all these podcasts, I'm like, yeah, we're going to talk about these things. And then next thing you know, like, totally different topics. And that's, right. that's fine. I love how I, I love these conversations to really run into um, other stuff. Um, but I guess uh, I'd love to hear a little bit too about you working for Flow Rodeo, um, kind of going off on another tangent here, but I, I really want to know about it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's great for these other athletes to learn about it as well. Like, what are these things that you're learning and, and finding that may help athletes and, and working with media and, uh, the stuff like you wish athletes would know or. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's actually a really great question. So, 
Uh, I started working at Flow August of last year. Like I said, they kind of headhunted me for the position. And I've been able to grow their social media uh, in basically the same way that I did with Rodeo Rex, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of our success has been because of just breaking news. We have an incredible graphics team that works super hard. And whatever I say, they're like, all right, yeah, we can do that. Uh, so we come up with some really cool templates and other things to work with. Um, I would say as far as like that goes for an athlete, get yourself a brand. Like people might think you're silly, but like Matt Shizawa now has a logo. Uh, Tyson Durfee has a logo. Um, Tough Cooper's got a logo. You know, like it's, it's a way to brand yourself. You are an athlete. And so brand yourself as that. I think more rodeo competitors need to stop thinking of themselves as competitors and more thinking of themselves as an athlete, right? Like yeah. think of it as like, what would Tiger Woods do? What would uh, Derek Jeter do? What would Michael Jordan do? And you need to think of yourself in that same light because you are in that same light. Um, and our whole philosophy here at Flow is to just give people what they don't get anywhere else. And so we're extremely athlete focused. We just had an entire, like, man, last week was ridiculous. But we had so many athletes come into the office and we did these really awesome illustration videos where they broke down their own runs and rides with like kind of the same uh, equipment that the NFL uses where you can draw on the screen. And um, we're basically making a technique library. Sorry for all the background noise. Um, uh, We're making a technique library and nobody's ever done it in rodeo before. And we got some really big names in on it. And we're just, my whole vision for our myself and my boss our whole vision is we just want to change the way that rodeo was looked at and give it more of like that sports feel right like if you look at like espn or you know cbs they cover the the nfr they cover the big stuff but are they really giving rodeo what it's due are they really reporting on our athletes our industry our livelihood our family with the passion that should be you know like rodeo there's nothing in the world like rodeo as soon as it hooked me in, I was, I was hooked for life. Like I said, I wasn't born in this. This isn't something that I'm, you know, been fortunate enough to grow up in. I was never a competitor myself, but I literally love this sport more than anything in the entire world. And for that reason, uh, I, I really just, I feel like I look at things from a different perspective of like awe and wonder. And that's what I want to convey in every single thing that I do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I love everything that you just said. Um, And that was something that I've kind of seen too. And I'm the same way. I mean, like I'm just a freaking rodeo fan. Like Mm -hmm. some people follow football, other people follow basketball. Like I follow rodeo and that is what I love to do. And, and I've uh, especially kept up more with like the rookie side of things, just because I love seeing, I love seeing the athlete from where they started to, getting those big names and stuff. And I think it's such a cool thing. And, and, you know, it's so cool to look at an athlete and go, Oh my gosh, like three years from now, people are going to know your name and well, you don't where, see it. Now. Yeah. Like where else do you really see that you can like maybe follow a kid from when they're in the little britches rodeo yeah. to when they're at the NFR? Like where else do you really get that? You don't. And and that's what's so cool. And I think rodeo too, like with the athletes, I mean, rodeo athletes are a whole different type of person. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not like, I mean, they're just as athletic, we would say as like a, a football player or basketball player or whatever. Um, 
However, their personalities are so much, so much cooler. I mean, they, they will talk to anybody. And I mean, I can't tell you guys, like when I reach out to people with these podcasts, like it is so easy because they like to talk to people and they're Mm -hmm. open and they love to share their stories and they love to help other people out. And it is so cool to see that. And that's why I've loved doing these podcasts. And, um, you know, my whole goal with this business was to help these, you know, rookie athletes out here start building their brands and stuff, because I think you're definitely right. This sport is changing and I see it changing in the future for the better. Um, and, and being more of a, a sport that people really follow, like they would follow, you know, March Madness or, um, and that's what we're trying to do. Right. Yeah. And that's the whole goal is to give it that really like super intense sports feel, of these are your superstars like let's follow them what are they saying what are they doing and exposing people who aren't already in rodeo to the sport that we love it is a sport Paul like it is it's not you know I feel like sometimes I hear people like oh like rodeo is just a hobby like no it's not it's a sport and I think the biggest thing about rodeo athletes that you need to consider is these guys don't get salaries They don't get paid just to show up. It's not like a football team. It's not like a basketball team. Every single thing that they earn is earned. Whether, I mean, even the sponsorships, right? Like they have sponsorships, cool. But those sponsorships were earned based upon their performance. So there is no guarantees. I mean, you can die in the arena. It's a very extreme, the the whole industry of rodeo is just an in one word, passionate. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is like the perfect word for it too, because you know, and, and I think we see this with cowboys that aren't even just rodeo athletes. I mean, we, we see it in the ag industry in general. And, and, you know, it's so funny because I don't think the general public understands like nobody who is a a cowboy or working in the ag industry has ever gotten into it because it makes a lot of money at first, you know, like the, these guys that have gotten to the top and they're making a good amount of money, like that's different, but they had to work for years to get there. And the reason like our rodeo athletes are out there doing what they do isn't to get TV fame, isn't to get, um, you know, famous, I guess, if you will, it's, or, or paid a lot of money, you know, they do it because they just genuinely love it. And where else do you find a sport that's just, that's like that? Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, I don't, I can't really think of anything. I've never, the job that I have now, I'm so grateful for. And I wake up every day and I'm so freaking blessed because I could not have dreamed up a better job for me because I love rodeo. That's all I've ever wanted to do ever since I found, if I fell into it, man. I mean, it just, it, it just, I love it. That's uh, it. That's so exciting to hear too, that like you weren't somebody that started in the industry. And, mm-hmm. and I think- not all. Yeah, I think there's that misconception of like, oh, yeah, like the ag people get it. And, you know, you have to kind of grow up in rodeo to like rodeo. And it's like, no, you guys don't get it. Like, there are people out there that just they they fall in love with the sport. And I mean, I, I didn't grow up with a family that raised cattle or ranched or did any of that. And I ended up um, getting into horses. And, you know, I did 4-H and started kind of there. Um, and then got into like horse training and other stuff, but like, I never really rodeoed, but I, 
I love it. And after I started working and doing some internships and stuff and in college, I realized I was like, this is the industry I want to be in. This is a sport that I want to support and I want to follow. And it, and it kills me that I can't travel to every rodeo all the time just because, you know, that's expensive trying to be on the road all the time and not having a job, you know, you have to kind of have a job that supports that. Um, and really like, you know, you are so blessed to lit or to be able to work in that industry. And I'm, I'm right there trying to kind of do the same thing with, with my businesses. You know, my whole goal was I, I just want to be able to do what I love and, and following rodeo is, is really that. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. So I guess, um, with you've worked with a lot of athletes, um, what are some of those like characteristics out there that you have noticed have made, um, you know, made these athletes that you admire and stuff like really stand out to you? Who are those people that you really like to follow? And that's a fantastic question. First of all, I <laughs> really, really love that. Um, literally so good. Uh, so there's a couple of guys that stand out in my mind. Uh, I'm just more of a roughie, to be honest. Like that's how I got into rodeo was through bull riding. I love rough stock, uh, bareback, saddle bronc, bull riding. Uh, but I really think in, in my mind, the guys who are killing the game right now, Tyson Durfee, number one, uh, Tyson is 100% stepped up his game as far as his content. And we've had a lot of conversations about that. And it's so motivational so positive always like his his messages every morning i look forward to them he's a man of god he's a man of faith he's a man of of family and um not only that but he's humble he's gracious he's kind and uh, honestly like one of the nicest people i've literally ever met in my entire life and um his his content his social media game he's he's killing it and he's changing and all he wants to do is help people so i absolutely love that I think uh, in my mind, Tyson's number one in our industry. Um, I also really love uh, Cody Webster is doing Mm -hmm. a phenomenal job on social media. He started his bull school, which he does like a bull fighting school, but he also can like people can send in their videos and help critique them. And um, yeah, super cool. He started a, a clothing line. And we had a conversation a couple, like a year or two back. And he's like, what do people want to see? And I was like, behind the scenes. Yeah. But, you know, that's why I really keep saying, think of yourself as an athlete. What would you want to see about Kobe Bryant's day? You wouldn't yeah. care. You, like, what does he eat for breakfast? What does he do for lunch? <laughs> like, what, how does he train? Like, what does he do when he's going down the road? Like, literally start thinking of yourself as an athlete because that's what people want to see. Um, so Cody Webster's doing good things. Uh I mean, Dale Brisby, obviously, is a social media genius. He um, is. And, and working with Randy has been really great for him. You know, all the content that he puts out, so much content, so much good content all the time. Um, and he's on and like every platform. Yep, he's, he's killing it. And I need, I need to step up to his level. <laughs> but, Me uh, too. Um, but yeah, he's on every platform. He's, he's one of the smartest people I've ever met. Uh, Dale's just on a different level in the way that he thinks about things. Um, so yeah, I think those, those would be the three in my mind that are really, really killing it on social media. And, um, 
that are that are just doing it for the right reasons too. Because I, yeah. I also there are also other people in our industry that are on social media. And they're very transparent and they post a lot, but I don't think it's for the right reasons, in my opinion. Um, I think their reasons are you know just fame or money or whatever. But like Tyson really does it because he wants to help people. Cody I, does a great job because he's promoting himself, but he's also considering himself an athlete. And then Dale like is so calculated in everything that he does, like the way he strategically plans things out is is on a different level. So that's why I picked those three. Oh, I think that's so great to hear. I'd love to have all of them on the podcast. And um, so that's, there's my shout out there. And you guys are all invited. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, and I, I totally agree with you. And I think it's so cool to see how different people have done things. And, and I think what's so important, guys, is these guys are doing things so authentically and they're doing them for the right reasons. And they're showing you a personality that's really fit their own. Like, I mean, it's their personality. And so what we're, what we're saying is don't be them, but be like them in the sense of, I mean, find what makes you unique and, and think about the things that you're passionate about. And, you know, how do you want to serve the world? How do you want to help people? How do you want to serve those followers that you have? And like, what do you have to offer? And I think people are always so worried about, they were like, I don't really have anything to offer. And I'm, you know, I don't really have that platform yet. So I have to wait until I'm really like, until I've made it to the NFR. And I'm like, no, you don't have to wait that long. I mean, if, if you want to, if, if you want to go and visit kids in a hospital, like go visit them in a hospital, like don't wait until you're big and famous. I mean, they just take it in general. Like if you want There's to, a, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was, was going to interject real quick. I've been Tyson actually recommended to me this podcast, Ed Milet, uh, and M Y L E T T me, I think. Um, okay. so it's on Spotify and I have been devouring it. I mean, I listen to like two or three of these deals a day. And one of the things he says is if you're up after the sun's up, you're already behind. <laughs> and that's the same with social media. If you wait till you're famous, you're already behind. Nobody wants to sponsor somebody who isn't on social media. It's, it's now a requirement. If you don't yeah. have a social media presence, you're 100% behind the eight ball. You need to get on it right now. Oh, Yeah. And that's, and that's the hardest part too, guys. I realize like, I mean, and it, what's so sad is like, I'm, I'm in this business of marketing and, and doing that kind of stuff and graphic design and, and, uh, and I hate being on my social media all the time. Like there's some days where I just need a break. Um, but I also have realized that this is how people connect now. And this is how people get to know who I am and, and get to know what this business is. And, and so, yeah, you do have to do social media. And what that looks like is you do have to put in the effort and just like you practicing to, um, you know, whether you're riding a spur board or going out and roping the dummy at night, I mean, you kind of have to think of this as just another way of building your own brand and that personal business. And I'm so glad that you also said like building your personal brand is so important um, and finding that because that was something, I mean, that was the whole point of really my business and in, in this podcast is I want athletes to figure that out and I want them to find themselves in this and, and say, okay, how do I build up this personal brand and show um, not just like the athlete side of me, but also what makes me unique, what also I can offer the world. And, you know, you guys, 
there, I know so many athletes, like they are either great storytellers or, uh, you know, they can talk about their rides and how they, how they did and, um, how they can improve and, and, you know, maybe that's your niche or, or maybe you're a creator and, you know, a leather worker or you make knives or whatever, or maybe you're a hunter doing that. Like whatever that is, whatever your niche is, like find that and mm-hmm. like, I don't want to say exploit it, but exploit it, like uh, use it to your advantage. Absolutely. I mean, play to your strengths, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, learn to beef up your weaknesses, but also play up your strengths. Oh, for sure. That I think that's really a huge, huge part of things. Um, well, I'd love to wrap this podcast up a little bit um, by having you tell me before we do our little rapid fire round, what are some of like your favorite or you know, your best advice, your best tips, your takeaways that you wish everybody would take home? Yeah. So I think number one is just be patient, but be persistent. Social media, you know, growing what I've grown wasn't done overnight. It literally has been a six year grind of every single day, finding the best content, putting it out there. Um, it, it really just consistency is key with social media. If you're not putting anything out there, nobody's going to see you. And the way that the algorithms have changed and the way that, you know, the Facebook and Instagram function, you have to constantly be on top of it. Otherwise, people won't see your stuff. Um, right. Two, I would say, just make sure your content is worthy of watching. If your mom or your friend wouldn't watch it, then why should anybody else? <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> so, I mean, there's that, right? Like, and number three, I think just be authentic. I, I really try hard. I haven't been doing it as much because I've honestly just been swamped. Um, <laughs> I'm training and bodybuilding right now. So that takes up a ton of my time. But, um, it, you know, I, I like to get, pop on Radio Rex on, on the, like the live every once in a while and just give people some kind of inspirational, you know, message just because I've been through a ton of my life and I know people struggle and I try to be very transparent about my struggles because there's so much on social media. that's like, everything's great. Everything's great. Everything's great. Like bullshit. No, it's not. Like, right. Yeah. It's not great. Like, I mean, life is a, is a roller coaster, but it's all about how you react to the twists and turns and you can't, you're, you're not responsible for other people's feelings. You're responsible for how you feel. And if you feel good about yourself and what you're doing, then that feeling will permeate whoever you're interacting with. So I really try to just be transparent and authentic. And I feel like that's what people really enjoy about me. Or when they meet me, they're like, well, you're really down to earth. I'm like, cause I'm not anybody special, man. I'm just doing what I love. And so just be yourself, be authentic. Um, especially as an athlete, if you have kids come up to you, take the time to, to say hi to them. Take the time to take a picture of them. Cause you never know how much it's going to make their day or how much you'll impact their life. Oh, yeah. Gosh, that is, that, no, it's such good advice. And, and it's funny because I'm, I don't know if you've listened to any of the other podcasts, but like that comes up in them so often. And we say it a little bit in different ways, but you know, you guys, these repeating concepts that different people are saying, like, I didn't plan, you know, I didn't 
tell you that that's what you need to say. I mean, that's just like true advice from you. And, and I hope people take that because it, it is such good advice. And one of my biggest things is be authentic and, um, and, and be authentically you, you know, show you and, and yes, you know, on Instagram and social media, we do want to show the professional side of things and the good things that are happening in our life. But I mean, just like you said, like, go, go tell them also the the things that you've been struggling with and how you're working against them and how you're overcoming them. And I mean, you don't want to go on and be negative and, and say, yeah, my life sucks. But you know, that's not the goal, but like, go on and, and tell them like, Hey, just so you know, like I struggle with this stuff too, because there's so many other people that probably struggle with the same stuff you do. And maybe they're stuck in a mindset where they don't know how to get out of it. And you could be that person that helps get them out of it. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Um, I have a few rapid fire questions. Like everybody knows already. My rapid fire questions are super random. I mean, they, they come all out of nowhere. Sometimes I get them from Instagram and stuff from uh, some of our followers. And other times they're just ones that I find on Google. <laughs> but oh, I'm into it. All right, let's go. We've got in these rapid fire questions. A couple of them like are a little bit longer responses than probably just like one word. So that's OK. What is your favorite rodeo? Oh, man, I got two. Uh, Pike Speaker Bus, because that's where it all started for me. Right. And uh, when I went to CFR, the Canadian finals last year, I had just an emotional wreck because <laughs> it was uh, it was the culmination of everything I've worked so hard for with Rodeo Rex coming together with Flow. And it was very emotional for me. So that will be always be a very special rodeo for me. Uh, I want to go see the Canadian finals. I think that'd be super amazing. I love, I love the Canadian, the CPRA is amazing. The athletes are amazing. I know you talk with chance, uh, <laughs> like everybody up there is exactly like that. Super friendly, super humble, super amazing. Uh, yeah. They, he was such a fun person to talk to, too. He, he, he teamed himself down a little bit, but he did good. I told him I was proud. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, what, um, how long does it take you to get ready in the morning? Uh, before I go to work or before I go to the gym? Uh, I, I don't know. Both? <laughs> I, I wake up at 6 and I probably get to work at about uh, 10. Okay. So I wake up, uh, wash my face, cook my breakfast. Um, I read or I, I read some scripture. I stretch. I write down um, some 10 to 15 things that I'm grateful for. I do some meditation and then I go to the gym, come home, shower, go to work. I like that 10 to 15 things that you're grateful for. I think I need to start doing something like that. It just starts your day off in like such a better emotional, uh, mental space for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, if you could be a superhero, who would you be? Oh man, that's hard. <laughs> Uh, I think Aquaman because I've always wanted to swim underneath the ocean and like breathe underneath the ocean weirdly. I've always wanted to do that. It's kind of cool. Ocean's a cool place. Yeah, that would be super cool. 
Um, and that's not a traditional answer, too. So I think that says a lot about your personality. <laughs> <laughs> Out in left field, absolutely. <laughs> um, this is one that I like to ask a lot of people. It's kind of funny. Is it okay for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? Yes, but not a vegan. Okay, fair. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I live in Austin, so there's a lot of that here. That is probably true. Uh, what is your favorite holiday? Hmm. I, don't, I mean, I don't really have one. I guess my birthday. I don't know. I don't really, I don't really have a favorite holiday. I think your birthday could be a favorite holiday, right? It's a holiday for me, so it's got to be my favorite, right? <laughs> uh, today's my birthday, so... <laughs> what? Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, everybody's like, what are you doing today? I'm like, I'm recording a podcast. They're like, you're working? I'm like, I love recording podcasts. <laughs> right. I like to do what I want on my birthday, so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I like it. Um... This one comes from Colton Anderson. Has anyone ever gotten mad about you that you posted their wreck? Absolutely. All the time. I even have parents reach out to me. Oh, really? Yep. And they're like, uh, you don't have permission to use that. You need to take that down. That's my daughter, so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. Um, and most of the time, I just take it down because I don't want to deal with the headache. But yeah, sometimes people get upset. But most of the time, people are like, man, that's awesome. You got on rodeo wrecks. So it's... It's not as often as you think, but yeah, it does happen. Yeah, I'm sure there is that out there. And and I guess for people out there, just so you know, like being a photographer and stuff, like if you're out in the public, technically you're fair game. <laughs> that, so, that sounds really bad. But like when it comes to some of those, like if you're in, in public places, really you can't control who takes photos of you in a way, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, like there's a lot of different liability stuff on that, but just so you know, yeah, maybe control yeah. yourself in public. <laughs> um, what this one also comes from Colton. What goes into posting some recs and not others? Like how do you vet the process? So my threshold is what I show. I'm lucky enough to have some people in my life that are very well known in the rodeo industry. And my threshold mm -hmm. is always like, where I show them would they get a kick out of this and sometimes right. it's like if it's stupid and it makes me laugh I'll put it up for this sometimes <laughs> if it's like I don't really like it all that much but I know it'll go viral then I'll just do that too right it's just um, my gut feeling honestly that's that's the, the bottom line it's just, it's just a gut feeling I think you have to go with your gut on a lot of things I think it tends to be right yeah um, Bailey Barrett wanted to know what's been your favorite thing about 2019? Wow. That is a really great question. I'll give top three. Cause there's so many incredible things going on in my life right now. And I'm honestly so blessed, but, uh, getting to go to the American and being on the back of the bucking shoots, that was a highlight. Oh, super um, jealous. Yeah, it was it was incredible. And the opportunities that my job affords me have been really, really life-changing. Um, so I've been very grateful for that. Um, I started a bodybuilding journey, and that's been a lot of fun, and I really love it, and I can't wait to compete. And um, 
number three, I would have to say, is just learning to be at peace with myself. Those are all really good things. My sister's doing a body bodybuilding thing right now too actually um it's kind of like inspired me and I'm like I don't know if I have that kind of motivation but it looks really cool (laughs) it's a lot of fun it's uh it's the best way to start your day in my opinion and uh, I just enjoy the journey of it oh yeah I'm sure that's really cool I want to see pictures of it too I think that'd be really cool to see (laughs) yeah for sure um and this is going to be my last question, but one of my favorites, I haven't done it in a little while. What is one thing a person needs to be happy? Okay. I think that's a good one. I think that's really important. You know, like um, believing in something higher than yourself faith in yourself too i mean believing that there's a there's a grander plan and having faith that it'll all work out but also having faith in yourself right like knowing that you're capable of greatness if you just trust that you're capable of it and sometimes you don't like most of the time honestly you don't know how it's going to work out or how you'll get there and if i told you the whole story of everything i went through last year you'd be like holy cow but I yeah. just had faith. I had faith it was going to work out because I knew I was on the right path. And I just never let anything get me down because at the end of the day, it was all about, you know, the promised land. So. Uh, I think that is like one of the best answers to that. Like I try not to have like a best answer to that question, but it, I mean, it is, you know, and, and it's different for everybody, but I, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I mean, like you like say, not everybody believes in something, but I do. So for me, I think the best word is faith. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Like, I cannot say how thankful I am for you um, agreeing to it. And I was so happy to have my photo on Rodeo Rex. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to be tagging you in more photos later when I find all my rec pictures because they're kind of my favorite i look forward to seeing them oh good well thank you again and you have a great rest of your day of course you as well thanks for listening to the endorse podcast And as always, I want to say a huge thank you to Tris Monsick and the Innocents for letting us use Heart of a Fighter for our intro and our outro song. Guys, go check them out if you haven't done so already. She's falling for you Head over heels for a broke down fool Punch, drug, love, struck in black and blue She's got a heart of a fighter And she's falling for you Got a heart of a fighter And she's falling for you